0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. If you got your Bible, go with me to the book of Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Now, we've been on this topic uh, for five months now, the foundations of faith. And I really have the heart that we're going to be on it the rest of the year here on Wednesday nights. Just continue to give you principles of faith. But our our main subject there was a man named Abraham or Topic. And remember, Abraham was charged by God when God told him, your wife Sarah is going to have a baby. And she's going to have a baby and his his name would be Isaac. And so part of this passage here in Romans 4 talks about that. But the ultimate thing for every one of us is to be fully persuaded. An, An inward certainty... That God will do what He says He'll do. And one of the ways I find that out is I begin to dig in the Word of God and I get in the Word of God and I, I keep listening to the Word. I keep hearing the Word. I keep believing the Word. Here's a thought for you that I think it may help you tonight. Many times we have the thought that obedience is easy. Obedience isn't always easy. Most of the time, obedience doesn't start out easy. But for me to continue in the Word, understand, obedience isn't always easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But something happens when I begin to obey God, and the reason I obey God is because I'm fully persuaded that He'll do what He said. So we begin in Romans 4. Look with me back at verse number 20. The he here is talking about Abraham. Abraham did not waver. He did not stagger at the promises of God through unbelief. So what happens here, just like Abraham, me and you, when I hear the word of God, I either believe that word of God or I begin to stagger. I begin to waver at it and I think, you know what, I I don't fully believe that. And so what it says here, he didn't waver at the word of God. It goes on to give us some more insight, but it says, but he was strengthened. But he was strengthened in faith. Now this tells me something right here. Our faith can be strengthened. Our faith can be made stronger. And note what he goes on to say here, but with strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And so a, a symptom or a characteristic of strong faith is the man or woman of God that continues to worship God. Continues to give God glory. It would look like this. I thank you, Father God, for saving me. I thank you, Father God, your grace is still sufficient. I thank you, Father God, that you say that all your promises in him are yea and amen. So again, I begin to strengthen my faith. Now the opposite of that would be what? My faith would be weak when I begin to voice my my glory and my praise for my circumstances, my situations. So you want to strengthen your faith? Begin to give God glory. Begin to tell him, thank you, Father God, for what you're doing in my life. Now he jumps to verse number 21, and he goes on to say, and being fully convinced, and being fully convinced, the New International Version says, and he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform it. Again, God would do what he promised. And so the ultimate goal for every one of us is to get to a place where I'm fully persuaded. I'm fully persuaded that God will do what he said he'll do. Now, let me ask you something. How many of you are fully persuaded tonight that you're saved? I'm fully persuaded. I'm saved. Why can I say that? How can I say that? Well, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, he said you'll be saved. So every one of our salvations is based on the written word, what Jesus did for us. So again, I just believe the Word of God. Let me give you another one. Here in 1 John 1, nine, it says that if we confess our sins, which is to repent, the Word of God said God was faithful and just to not only forgive you, but to cleanse you. Now, how many of us in here are fully persuaded that 1 John 1, nine actually does what it says? That if I confess my sin, that He's faithful and just to forgive me. So this is what this would look like. I would come before God today or tonight and I'd say, Father God, I I repent of my sin. I repent of my iniquities, my transgressions. I repent of a bad attitude. I repent of anger. I repent of being pride or arrogant. I repent of being critical or judgmental. But many times, it may just be mentally assenting it or saying it, but we really don't believe it. But he said, I'll forgive you. And so even when I get over and I repent, it's an act of faith. I believe that God will do exactly what he says he's going to do. So anytime I find scripture, I'm going to come to a place where I believe it or I waver at what he said. Each one of us. Now I'm going to spend some time tonight in the book of James. So go with me to James chapter 1. We're going to be in James 1 for a lot of time, and then we'll jump to James 2 a little bit because the book of James is loaded with areas on faith. Why are we so big on faith right now? Well, remember, one of our main scriptures, uh, the text was Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So I got to understand: Abraham operated by faith, and the cry of the New Testament has been faith. So we got to get a hold of this. So we start here in James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, my fellow believers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, this doesn't mean you're going to hoot and holler and jump, jump around for what you're going through. How I many of you are going through something right now? Most of us in here, if not all of us. And so he said, count it all joy. The reason I can count it all joy is because God is going to get me through. God is going to help me. And it's interesting, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. The trials aren't meant to set us back. The trials are meant to strengthen us and strengthen our faith. Where I'm going through things. How many of you found this out in life? The only way where you really find out what's in you is when you go through something. I mean, if if life is always smooth sailing, that's easy. But when the waves of life start coming at you, you begin to find out, this is where I'm at in my trusting and believing God. Verse 3. Knowing that the testing of what? The testing of your faith produces patience. The testing of your faith is proving genuineness. The testing of your faith, it, it produces or finds out what you really believe. What are you really believing? And so understand this, that when I go through trials, your faith and my faith is going to be tested. It's going to be tried. Verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work. The word patience there is a positive steadfastness. But let patience have its perfect work. That you may be, may, may be perfect, that word perfect there, literally means that you may be mature. That your faith will begin to mature, and it will be complete lacking nothing. So the goals of these trials, the goal of your testing, or the testing of your faith, is to mature me. Is to complete me. And guess what? Every one of us need our faith to be matured. So you know what that means? I'm going to go through some stuff. But understand again, when I truly trust God, I can count it joy because again, God's going to get me through. He goes on to say, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That's an interesting statement right there because how many of you in here would love to have wisdom when it comes to making decisions? I'd love the wisdom of God. But he said something in there. You got to ask him. Why do we not ask him many times? I believe a lot of the reasons we don't ask him is because we don't believe we'll hear. If I had a a fully persuaded or I knew in my heart, every time I ask God for wisdom, he's going to give me wisdom, man, I'd be picking up the phone all day long calling God. God, I'm asking for wisdom. I'm wisdom. But he said there, if you lack wisdom, ask of the Lord. Now keep reading because he goes something real, really good with all this. Let him ask of God who gives liberally or freely or generously, generously, and without reproach, without mocking or ridiculing, and it will be given to him. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith. Now you may want to highlight that right there in your Bible, or I'll highlight that in your heart. He said a minute ago, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Lord. Now he comes back immediately and James says, let him ask. How? He didn't say just ask. He said, let him ask in faith. So when I ask in faith, what does that mean? I believe that when I ask you, Father God, you're going to do exactly what you said you're going to do. Actually, when you look at that biblically, that's Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. And so again, it's not just me asking, but when I ask him, I believe he's going to do it. So in verse 6 there, he says, let him ask in faith with no doubting, with no wavering. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. And so literally what he's saying, we vacillate. We're divided between loyalties. One minute we believe God and the next minute we don't. How many of you have ever been there? I've been there. I've been there. So what do I got to do? I keep reading the word of God. I keep hearing what God's word says. Remember, Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Load up on the Word of God. Keep hearing the Word of God. Verse 7. For let not that man, the man that, that wavers or doubts, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Now some people would look at this and they'd say, that's harsh. I asked God and nothing happened. But again, He informs me and you that I asked, But I don't ask in faith. He said, don't think for a minute you're going to receive. So again, man, i got to get my faith increased. And if you remember Jesus' disciples, that was one of their cries. They said, Lord, increase my faith. Increase our faith. Verse number 8. He is a double-minded man. He has two minds. And he is unstable in all his ways. And so guess what? I can be that way. Now, just for a second, I'm, I'm going to come back to James 2. You're real close there. Go, go to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. I want you to see this. Hebrews chapter 4. And the reason I want you to see this because this isn't a new thing. This isn't something that's just started taking place. So begin with me. Hebrews 4 verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains, a promise, what's a promise based on? A promise from God is based on the Word. So a promise remains of entering His rest. Let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. So you know what he's telling me there? There's promises in the Bible for every one of us. But if I don't get over in faith, I'm going to come short of it. And you know what that means? I don't achieve this. I don't get it. I don't receive it. Now this is what I want you to see because this is where it's been around a long time. Verse 2. For indeed the gospel, the word of God, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. The them he's talking about here was the Israelites. There was a promise to them and they didn't believe God would do what he did. And so remember, if you look at that, when the Israelites came out of, out of Egypt, they wandered around for 40 years because they wouldn't believe God. So he tells us right here, he said, but, the, but the, the, pre- the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. So you know what this tells me and you right here? I can hear the Word of God, and I can hear the Word of God, and you can hear it over and over and over. But he said, the Word of God which they heard did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So again, I can hear the Word of God all day long. But until I come to a place where I mix it in faith, and what does mixing it with faith mean? I believe that God will do exactly what he said. I believe I can trust him. An absolute confidence. And so the example we've used over and over. Go with me to the book of James chapter 2. The example again was was the man of God named Abraham. And so this passage here in in James 2. I believe will clarify some stuff to us. And it will really begin to help us. Now. Let's go through this whole passage, okay? Because I'm going to add things in there biblically here so I don't mess you up tonight, okay? James chapter 2. Begin with me there in, in verse 14. What does it profit? Or what is the use, my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, does not have corresponding actions, can faith save him? The New Living says it this way. You say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions. And so, my actions don't reflect what I'm saying. Now Hang in here with me, okay? Because he's going to go somewhere with this. To answer this question, the literal translation of this in the Greek, it literally says this. The question is, can that kind of faith, the kind does not issue in good work, save him? The implied answer is no. Now, hold on before you got to conclusions, okay? Watch where he takes us here. Verse 15. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, And one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which you needed for the body. What does it profit? One translation says, what good does it do? What is the use then? So literally, if, if I look at verse 15 and 16, he says it's very easy for us to talk the talk but not to walk the walk. It's very easy for me to look at someone and say, you know what, we really ought to help you, and then we do nothing for them. Verse 17. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, if it does not have deeds or actions of obedience, it is dead. It is inoperative. And so again, when you look here, the the, the deeds and the actions aren't substitutes for faith, but they are verifications of my faith. In other words, there ought to be some some walkie-walkie with your talkie-talkie. There ought to be some things that begin to look like there's a change in your life. Things are beginning to happen. See, it's very easy to, to say, I'm, I'm a Christian, but does my lifestyle back it up? It's, it's very similar in the, in the football season. You know what? You can have a Tom Brady jersey, but that'll make you Tom Brady. See, many times, and that's the way we've looked at the Word of God. Keep reading here. This gets better. Verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So what is he saying there? Our works, our deeds, our actions of obedience, they can never earn salvation. Okay? We don't get saved by works or actions. We know that, okay? You could never be good enough to get saved. But when I look what he's saying here... The the acts, the deeds, the actions, they literally reveal a genuineness of what I believe. They correspond together. They cooperate together. So again, there ought to be some evidence in my life that there's a change. Now, let me ask you this. How many have been born again in the last year? And you've seen a difference in your life. I mean, in the last 10 years, you gave your heart to Jesus and there was a difference in your life. See, it's very easy for us to say, I'm a Christian, but yet I still act and look like the world. Maybe you've been born again 20 or 30 years. Now, I can say this in my life. I'm going to tell you, when I got born again, there was a change. Huge change. From a guy who was was a teenage alcoholic to not know more. To a guy who had been in jail before, but not no more. And so again, it's very easy, even in the area of faith, to say this and that, but is there actions that correspond with my faith? And so this is what he begins to tell us right here. Verse 19. You believe that there is one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Now, this is very interesting to me that he throws this in here and, and he says, You believe? So what? Even the demons believe. Now, why did he say that? The demons believe that Jesus is who he says he is, but they never obey. They never trust in him. They never live for him. And so, again, in the same content there, that's what happens to us all the time. I can believe, but if I don't have some actions that correspond, then if my faith really alive. Keep reading, verse 20. But do you want but do you want to know, O foolish man, that you have faith without works? It is dead. Apart from works and good deeds, it's useless. It's inoperative. It's ineffective. It's worthless as all the different translations. Was not Abraham our father? Was he not justified? Was he not accepted by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? And so literally what he's saying is Abraham's obedience demonstrated that he believed God. So we go back to that evening when Abraham was going to, to, to offer Isaac on the, the sacrifice, as the, on the altar. Now I want you to think about this for a minute. Remember, God said to him, I want you to offer your only son, Isaac, on that that altar. And remember what took place. Abraham took that knife and he was on the verge of going ahead and doing it. And remember, God stopped him. And so Abraham came to a place in his life where he trusted God enough that he said, you know what? In my actions, I'm willing to obey God. See, that's why the Bible's very clear there in Romans 4, where he said he was fully persuaded. Now, here's the question for all of us If God told me that my only son would have descendants on this earth, that would be. Too many to count. And he was referring to to Isaac when he said that. That's that's Genesis 17. And God told me to offer my only son on the altar, even though God had said to him, he's going to have children, he's going to have descendants. Where would I be on that? Where would you be? Could I trust the word of God? Would I be fully persuaded that God was able to do what he said? And so again, every one of us in this life, right now, right here in this auditorium, we deal with faith issues. Every one of us. But God wants to get us to a place where we can trust Him fully. Now He goes on to say this in verse 22. Do you see that faith was working together? That faith was working together. That His actions with his works, they they cooperated by works of faith, and it was made perfect, or it was made complete. And I can give you numerous numerous illustrations in the Bible what this is. Uh, one that's a good one is there in Mark five with the woman with issue of blood. Remember, she said out of her mouth, "The minute I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well." So her faith was. When I touched the hem of his garment. And remember, she touched the hem of her garment. So what she said out of her mouth, her faith and her actions lined up. Do my faith and my actions line up? Keep reading. Verse 23. And the scriptures was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted or credit to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then. That a man is justified by works and not by faith only. The New Living says we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. The Amplified says through works of obedience as well as what he believes. So again, and i got to get over and i just got to start believing God. Here's a good one too, a little, a little illustration I think will help you. John, or or Luke 6.38, it says, Give, and it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Now, I can quote that day after day. I can say that out of my mouth. Woo, God said, Give, and it would be given back to me. God said, Give, and it will be given back to me. But that verse will do me absolutely zero good until I believe exactly what God said. And I act on it. So again, I can say this over and over. God said give and it be given back. Good measure, pressed down to shake and But until I actually step out and believe God's word and give, it's not going to benefit me. It's the same for every one of us in there. When I begin to see the word of God, not only do I believe it, but I got to act. Now I'm going to give you one more passage. Go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 1. We'll end with this tonight. Romans, chapter 1. Verse number 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the good news of the word of God. For it, the word of God, the gospel, is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For everyone who believes. Again, he didn't say, For everyone who lives perfect. All he said is, For everyone who believes. So again, the way I get saved, I, I, I ask Jesus to come into my heart. I believe the Word of God. And so he tells me right there, It's it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, in the word of God, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The Amplified says it springs from faith and it leads to faith. Now he ends right here and he says, As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So when I look at what he's talking about there, faith is my lifeline to God. The just shall live by faith. So again, he, he re, re-clarifies here, I've got to begin to get over in faith. And the only way that happens is I get into the Word. And I begin to believe that God will do what He says He'll do. I can have what God says I can have, and I can be what God says I can be. But if I don't begin to believe it, and I don't live by faith, that never happens. See, even in Revelations 12, verse 11, he said, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. That never happens unless you believe that. I can quote Revelations 10, Revelations 11, over and over, but the only way I overcome is by the blood of Jesus. Well, again, how do I appropriate that? I appropriate it by faith. And so if faith is my lifeline to God, The devil will do anything he can to sever that connection. He will try to get you in doubt and belief. He will try to to get you where your life is with if and buts. If this wasn't that way or but. And so the only way I get over and I begin to live truly by faith is this right here. Get into the word and God will get into you. i got to keep getting into the word and I hear and I hear and I hear and I hear and I hear. And if that means that there's certain areas in your life that you need to shore up your faith, get three by five cards. Write write those scriptures on on those cards. Put them on your mirror. Put them on your dashboard and begin to speak the word. Begin to believe the word. Why is that so powerful? Because remember, this was one of our main texts. Joshua 1 verse 8, he said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. What does that mean? i got to get the word of God in my mouth. Speak the word. The only way you get saved is you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Speak the word. He said meditate on the word. Recite the word day and night that you may observe to do it. Again, there's the works, there's the deeds. i got to do the word. And this is, this is Joshua one eight. Then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. If I really believed that, I'd be hooting and hollering right now. We would be dancing. Woo! Woo! I can live with prosperity and good success. Remember, this is my title date, okay? Anytime you can find where it's written, you can always tell the devil it's finished. This is what the Bible said. And so again, get in the Word and God will get in you and begin to believe it, begin to speak it, and then get to a place where you say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to act on it. I'm going to act on it. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlevick.com.